Hi, my name is George and I really love to work with composites. I would like to invite you to listen to this podcast because all we talk about is a new composite system from GC. Have fun listening. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm here connected online with a dentist from Norway, William Yu. Welcome. Thank you for having me tonight. And we also have a special guest from the GC headquarter in Europe, Eata Lauka. Hi, Eata. Hi, everybody. Hey, nice to be here. Actually, Eata and me just met last week and we talked about EverX Flow. But actually, today we want to talk about the Genial Accor. So, William, how long have you been using Accor so far? I haven't been using Accor as long as you have. Um, I've only been using it since, what, spring this year? So, only about six months. Robert Fetus from GC Nordic, he contacted me, asked me if I wanted to try it, and I said, why not? Always good to try out new things. So he sent me a, a few boxes and I've given it a try. And so far, I'm pretty happy with it. You already mentioned, I wouldn't have mentioned it, but I have been using the first prototypes already in 2019. And we talked a lot about what's the right consistency for the dentists. It's always kind of hard to, <laughs> to choice. And I'm kind of glad it went to the direction I liked it. Yeah. I like it too. I think I think it's really great. It's very soft, very easy to manipulate. Yeah, it's just easy to. I think in general the GC products are quite easy to use. I've used, sorry about saying this, but uh, Filtech for many many years, and it's it's really it's really hard. It's really hard to use, and it can be quite quite difficult to polish. But I think just GC, they've got the handling right. So I think yeah. Yeah, we really worked a lot on optimizing the handling. We worked for the most of the time on the improvement that we tried to do on the product during the several rounds of tests. It was mostly to get the handling right because it's such a sensitive topic for dentists and it's really important to have something that uh, pleases everybody, but at the same time, it's so difficult to get something that pleases everybody. And it's, it's really important to have it quite soft because that means they can... You know, when you've got you've got a cavity and you've got it quite deep or, you know, going around corners and you're trying to pack it down, it's important that you know that you're, you're confident that it packs around those corners, that it packs it, you know, it flows well, you know, when you're packing it. Yeah, but sometimes the risk is that it's too soft and then it loses shape and it's right that that really yeah, fine yeah. thing. Well, well, the other composite, uh, Omnichroma by Takiyama, it's, it's too soft and it flows too much, you know. So you're, you're putting it into a cavity and you look away and get another instrument and suddenly it's changed shape. I found that really annoying. So the handling was quite difficult. Yeah. So this, this one's a lot different. I was just wondering if he uses more of an instrument or a brush to work with this composite. No, I'm, 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 quite, I'm quite simple. I'm just using pretty much a flat plastic. I'm using a ball burnish and I'm using a, you know, a micro brush. You know, I've got the brushes, but, you know, I don't get them out often because I just think, you know, I don't want to deal with the cleaning. I don't want to deal with worrying about how my assistant's going to clean them, what they're going to do in stereo, how they're going to deal with it. So I just keep it simple, make it easier for everyone. And yeah, it just generally seems to work. 
for me at least. Interesting that you mentioned the flowing. I usually still, maybe I'm kind of old school, I still combine every packable composite I use, even with a flow in like these matrix cases where I want to have a make, for example, the posteriors, the class two to a class one. I'm still kind of going for in flow as well there. Yeah, I do that as well. I'll put just a tiny bit of flow and pack some composite in. But, you know, you gotta, you got to remember that flowable resins, they contain a lot of resins, so there's still that shrinkage that you have to worry about. And they spill up particles, so you're going to get more shrinkage. So you just got to put a tiny bit, I think, and still pack it in, the packable composite on top quite, quite deeply. Yeah, I mean, in, in the, when you talk about posteriors, I'm also using a mostly EVX uh, flow. So my tiny bit of flow kind of make, just makes a class one. And then I'm kind of happy for that. And also basically other parts are, are just filled up with the EVX flow, which has due to the fibers a reinforcing effect, uh, hopefully. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we will never f find a clinical study which proves that because it's probably impossible <laughs> to find clinical significance only after i don't know 10 years maybe maybe some cases will perform better and some less it's hard to find that out when you said that you're using flowable in your class two and you're just using regular flowable not rx flow as you were is that correct no i mean it's It's kind of called snowplow technique yeah, in Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'm using that with a regular flow. I mean, with the injectable, which is kind of uh, so filled that you can even uh, use it on a occlusal. So I'm quite fine with it. When I'm doing uh, hands-on workshops, I sometimes take out the tooth and uh, use the D-Light Pro and to see where the flow actually was because in the in this fluent light, you kind of see where was the flow uh, Do uh, and you see very good uh, is a genial core because it doesn't have this black light effect. Let's call it. I need to try that. I've never got out the black light to look at what the difference with the packable and the flowable is. So that, that'd be really it's, interesting. It's anterior. It's yeah. sometimes even a little yeah. of fun yeah. because I usually call the injectable cheetah flow because when I do my palatal shell, uh, sometimes there's like little tiny bubbles somewhere we only see when you take off the matrix and they'll just like put a bit of flow there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm a big fan of that technique as well. Snowplow and the injectable. William, let's talk, kind of focus on the posteriors now. Are you basically, when you're using a core, a one-shade guide in the posterior, or do you like to mix some shades as well there? I'm pretty much using one-shade, and I'm using tints as well to, you know, I keep it simple. So I'm using one-shade, and then if I need to, I'll put tints in the fuchsia or the, the white, white tints into the cusp tips. And which are the shades you use the most? I too. A2 or A1. A3 I use occasionally, but sometimes I find it quite quite dark. But my favorite shade's A2. I think it's pretty much, it suits probably 80, 90% of cases. It's actually, it's interesting, but I kind of now switch to A3 because it fits more <laughs> my population. In Norway, the dental hygiene is great, apparently. <laughs> So let's move back to the posterior. So William, when you layer one shade in the posterior, you also tint, but do you more or less tint on your dentine kind of layering or do you kind of, when you've all finished, you just cover the f kind of fissures with a bit tint? I am 
finishing my composite, my composite restoration and I've got the fissures in and then I'll tint it in. Once all the composite's cured, I'll put the tint in the grooves or, yeah, it's all, all nice and then I cure everything. It's interesting because you also said that you're using most of the time flat plastic. And I think it's actually, for me, it was very important that I can use a core with a brush, actually. I think you can get really, really nice fissures with a brush in the posterior. So I even make them a kind of even a bit too steep so that my tint kind of flows in the steep areas and uh, just use a micro brush or a small foam palette to uh, remove the excess so that we have uh, only really, really small things. And for example, when I'm tinting, I'm usually even combining like the brown essentia and the white essentia and just mix them together so I get something like in the ochre range because actually... I would say you all basically only need two tints. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the black one at all, only for Halloween. <laughs> 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 And people I really don't like, but I wouldn't do any black tinting in teeth. Even if the neighboring teeth have some black stains, I rather say no. <laughs> just like a really, really small, mild area. I think in general, just using tints, is, it's, it's more for the dentist, I think. It's more, more to feel good for yourself and using tints because... You know, most cases you just put the fissures in and you get the cusps correct, you get the fissures correct, and you polish it correctly and it looks good. And most patients don't care whether you put a tint in or not. So I think general, real, everyday dentistry tints, it's for yourself. It's not for the patient, um, for posteriors. And the anteriors, is, it's a different story. If they need it, then they need it. Yeah, I mean, the tinting is really something I do for myself as well, but I noticed one interesting thing. I mean, patients sometimes don't really can articulate what they want, Yeah, but some patients usually, when I wasn't tinting at all, they all said, oh, it's a nice white filling. And But with when you're using tints, some patients say, oh, I can't even see the filling yeah i wouldn't never say i make an invisible filling for you because that's kind of a marking area i wouldn't want to go but it's kind of cool when you kind of can highlight the anatomy you're creating with the tints and that's something which i like to see as a recourse and it's nice to see right away okay that's my filling i know it for sure yeah it's one of those things it's also interesting when you say when you see a filling you know it's yours and You know, you don't even have to look at the records. You can see a feeling. You can see that you've done it, you know. So it's interesting <laughs> what you said. People do, do feelings differently and you can, you know, it's like, you know, artist sees their own work, so... Usually I wouldn't, there's actually, there's some discussions during dentists. Is it artistry or not? The way I tint, I wouldn't say it's artistry at all. <laughs> On the other hand, you can, you can go the other way because sometimes it come, the patient comes in, you see a feeling and I'm talking about real everyday dentistry and you're, you're wondering to yourself, did I really do that? You know, so, you know, to be realistic, not everything's perfect, you know, and sometimes you have your bad days, you forget about it, the patient comes back and then. You see, you see, you're quite shocked yourself. Sometimes it's, it's not so great after all. So we have to be a bit realistic here. Well, you have to change your location at least every five years. So you have a lot of success. What do they say about implant patients? You've got to change your practice every seven years before the failures start coming. So well, I know not to come to you two as, as a patient. 
Let's move to the anterior fillings before we get too off track with implants. William, you already mentioned that you're, sometimes you need tins in the anterior. In what cases? I think if they've got white spot lesions or a little bit of sclerosis, you can put in the tints, tints in. I wouldn't consider myself an anterior expert. You know, I, I see these amazing dentists on social media and they do incredible composites in the front. And I've always, you know, you know, it's right where patients can see. And um, I like to think of myself as a, as just someone who does normal dentistry. And, you know, I see some of this incredible work. Um, and I don't see, consider myself a real cosmetic aesthetic dentist. So it's good to have something like GC Accord where, you know, the colour will make the product will make you look good you know and if you add a bit of tints in between the layers then it makes it pop even more actually i mean the problem of social media is all the same it always makes you feel bad and for example when i see cases from john chu from taiwan it's just incredible what he's can even do on these typodont teeth <laughs> and when he shows his clinical cases it's mind-blowing but luckily a lot of times we have like this I wouldn't say standard cases, but where you can kind of get even something even get away sometimes with just one shade, because there are no it's a bit worn. There are no mamelons, no fancy structure. Even like the tertiary structure is kind of flat, so that you can kind of get away with just like real polish. And the patients are usually very happy with this polish they get right away, so the teeth kind of look the same. I think that's that's one of the good things about this product. I I think it's very very easy to get a high high gloss, high polish. Because I usually once I've uh, with the front teeth, once I've got the shape right and everything's all cured, and it's ready to be finished and polished, I'm just using softflex discs, and I use a clear brush. You know, one of those. Um, it looks like a profi brush with a silicon diamond particles inside the brush. And I give it a polish, and I'm I'm just using a profi brush with pumice fine pumice polish, and it looks pretty good, I think. So. It's nothing complicated. I'm not using like a thousand things to to polish it with. And, you know, like I say, I'm not a real aesthetic dentist, so I just want to keep it easy, make it look good for the patient. They will quite happy. I mean, soft like sips are not that easy in the beginning, I would say. No, I'm, I'm, using, I'm just using the, the red one, maybe the orange one, so the, the two most coarse, just to get the shape right and then putting the occlude brush on top pretty much does 90% of the work and just a fine polish with some fine polish and a soft nylon brush. So seems to work for me. Actually, my polishing secret is not a secret. I learned it from uh, Javier. It's just the EVE, Compo Twist once, and they are actually phenomenal. I mean, sometimes when I see, for example, these dentists from Indonesia, we have like a super perfect finish. I mean, Uh, we're only also just using the EVE system and that's it. And it's kind of impressive when I got the first samples, I also started on to work on the typodont and just to make some cases and have just some fun to do like to work on the typodont under the scope. And I was kind of impressed because when you get 
the buff shape of Softlex quite good. And when you use the EVE, sometimes when you use the diamond uh, paste, you don't see actually a difference. (laughs) 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 It's just like you you used it and everything is the same. It's a bit more shiny (laughs) thanks to the oil, but that's it. But the thing is, when I used it on the Accor, actually it even changed a bit more that it was more shining mm. with the uh, diaper. Yeah. But it's, uh, I found out it only works when you really go through your polishing protocol um, with, uh, with uh, like the sandpaper discs and EVE. And only if that's really good, then you will see an effect with the diamond polish. But it can happen that if your polishing wasn't as good before, because sometimes you, you're not maybe it's pressing too hard mm. or already kind of tired. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Then you won't see a difference, but they're also like a lot German. It's a silicium carbonated profi brush. Um, mm. Yeah. It's, I like it in the posterior very well. Mm. Um, and uh, sometimes um, this one kind of is enough as well, as you said, in the accord cases, in the posterior, I also use a brush. So the surface is kind of smooth already. Mm. So, but you're also not using a brush in the anterior? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm oh, using, you have to use it. I'm using, what's it called? I can't remember the name. You know, the silicon. Yeah. The round things that you stick, the, on, stick on the instrument. From Ivocla? Uh, yes. I think yeah. it's Optrascult. Optrascult. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are even no different silicones from Zep, hmm. which you uh, can use for modeling as well. Yeah. No, a lot of people like the Optra scalps because you just throw this tip away and then mm. you're done. Yeah. 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 But I like this brushes, especially mm. if you want to have kind of like an infinity margin. Yeah. It's really, really uh, great to kind of, I wouldn't, I don't want to say composite veneer to it because uh, I wouldn't want that the patient has some expectations of certain kinds. But sometimes I know that I need to cover the whole surface because the patient is kind of, not like super high end, but the medium range that we are looking really close in the mirror. And then it's better that you hide all your margins yeah, for sure. somewhere else. For sure. Yeah. But the brush, uh, the I think it's a big brush. Uh, it's great for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are the habits or, or the, the patient's desires in Norway? Are they also highly aesthetic? Uh, um, do they tend to have these? To, to want these kind of very aesthetic restorations? I'm, I'm working in Stavanger, which is on the western part of Norway, and it's quite different from the capital Oslo. I think there's a, a larger focus on cosmetic dentistry there. It's not so much where I'm at. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a different, um, you could say, population. Obviously, people care about how their teeth look, but it's not, it's not Hollywood. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll say it like that. Yeah. But it's a quiet environment to yeah. practice. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I think also one of the things about Norway is that the, I think just in general, the, the dental culture here is kind of anti-cosmetic dentistry or anti-American dentistry is how they would call it. They don't want people to go around and, which I understand in a way, to go and cut down healthy teeth for veneers just to look like, I don't know, Angelina Jolie. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's it's I don't quite agree with them because you know having good looking teeth it's an important part of culture and society and it's been like that way for thousands of years having nice teeth means you're healthy and you know people want to have nice teeth important for them 
I mean, there are uh, sometimes these trends I mostly see kind of in the UK that patients come to the office and say they want to have composite bonding and they are like, uh, they mean different things with it. Apparently, there was a, like, a, like a trend to make kind of just use bleach shades and just cover all the mm -hmm. teeth mm -hmm. uh, kind of uh, with a Tipex thing. We don't have that uh, in Germany as uh, well. But of course, there are patients who want this uh, all white bleach colors on all the teeth. But I personally rather talk, uh, not talk them into is the wrong word but kind of suggest when if you want that just use bleaching and they, maybe you're doing just some edges and then you will be fine mm -hmm. but I also never uh, prepped for um, a ceramic veneer in my life yet so <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm not the one to ask I, I think for me I don't like doing this sort of this sort of dentistry because I think the patients that want this sort of dentistry they're very picky you know, and unless you're very highly skilled and technical um, and you've done it for many years and thousands of cases, you know, then you might end up disappointing the patient, you know. So I think that's the hard thing when, you, when you're into that sort of dentistry. You have to learn to be a good people person. You have to be able to be so confident in your skills and so you're able to pull it off, I think. And, yeah, I'm... Don't think I'm at that level. So, actually, I'm at the office where I have uh, one of these really high-end uh, dentists, um, and but I found out the way he works is basically also kind of analog. He's doing a mock-up transfers into the mouth, and when they kind of uh, see it, he doesn't like all these smile design cases where it's all digital. Mm. I mean, it takes so many steps, and uh, some people uh, don't want see all the steps. Mm. Uh, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But when it comes to picky, I already met a lot of picky patients, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is, I found out I don't have the patience for no, that. No. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad, for example, when my orthodontist sends me some diastema closures, yeah. uh, but I always was nice to my orthodontist. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of uh, nice. Have you done any diastema closure cases with Accor so far? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. No, no. I... Um... I only do very few diastema closures. I do, you know, ones that I know I can get a good result. And I've, I've learned from my mistakes on what to pick and choose. I guess, I guess, I guess I've been a dentist long enough to know what I can and can't do. So we are kind of easy diastema yeah. closures and yeah. they're the hard ones yeah. and uh, you really have to talk to your orthodontist about how uh, big these teeth will be in the end mm -hmm. but for example i more or less like to just use the distal side to close mm -hmm. uh, the gaps yeah. basically yeah. and not the mesial but of course if you have a diastema mediale uh, mm -hmm. it's of course different when you use a mock-up like just You used uh, some uh, accord, put it in the mouth. Mm. It's kind of cool that um, you kind of see the color. I even cure it yeah. to check if the I will be satisfied with the color, actually. But I also have to always take a picture of this case. Uh, and only if it's good, looking good on the picture, then I'm kind of satisfied. <laughs> Because sometimes you kind of blur out and like everything you're doing, but when you sit in the end at home on your big screen, you kind of know if it was yeah, a good case yeah, or not. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think that's one of the important things about photographing your own work. You'll take a photograph, and I highly recommend any and all dentists to photograph their own work because, you know, you can see everything wrong. You've done wrong on the big screen, 
there's no hiding from that. And, you know, people say to me, you take photos all the time. And when I take photos, it looks horrible. And I said to them, no one has to see the photos except you and maybe the patient, you know, if you want them to see it. You know, you take photos and you look at it and that's the only way you're going to learn. You're going to critique your own work while you can improve because I started taking photos about five years ago and I'd, I've been a dentist, what, 15 years? So the first 10, I wasn't taking photos. And when I started taking photos, I realized how horrible it looked. And then, you know, you can only improve from there. So when people say to me, you know, social media, everything was so good, everything was so perfect, you know, there's only, it's practice. You know, you just keep taking photos, see what you did wrong, and then you're going to notice your attention to detail will improve and you'll just improve, you know. So that's why it's important to take photos. No one else has to see it until you're ready for them to see it. Actually, it's a cl uh, nice closing <laughs> words from you, William. <laughs> no, I only can also suggest uh, to take uh, pictures. I would kind of recommend a macro lens for it and a yeah. DSLR. Yeah. Because I kind of started with kind of consumer camera with mm. just an LED light. You kind of saw the LED ring light on every case, um, like in flash is important. Definitely, definitely. So everyone just needs to just, um, you know, invest in a good camera system. It doesn't have to be top of the line. You know, it just has to be basic DSLR. You just need a good lens and a ring flash to start off with, you know, and that's that's good enough to get you started, good enough for you to learn. So, and then once you start getting into it, once you start getting into what, social media, then you can start investing to wasting your money. <laughs> into these fancy camera systems so yeah with the twin flashes yeah and the, the big photo boxes yeah 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 <laughs> those big um soft boxes that come down from the ceiling and you know all that i'm not at that stage yet so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well what's your instagram so people can check you up william um my instagram is at you freedy so not who freedy but you as in my surname so it's a bit of a pun there And I thought I was an absolute genius when I thought of it. So yeah, I'm proud of that. That's probably the thing I'm most proud of. Actually, I already saw your Instagram account yeah. name before I got to right. uh, know you yeah. through the GC universe. Yeah. And I thought it was a really cool <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you, you gotta you gotta get up come up with a with a catchy name, you know, something people remember. So that's probably my best work in my on my Instagram profile. Is my is my name. <laughs> Before we go, I would just uh, want to say a word to all our listeners. Basically, in October, we have a Genial Accord campaign. So for whoever has a case on Genial Accord and is not too shy to share their cases or is very proud and happy to share their cases, they can all do that online using whatever media channel they prefer, be it Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. We are using the hashtag Genial Accord, so no dash, just E, A, E, um, and then the rest, G and Accord. And uh, yeah, we will be happy to receive the cases. Some of them we will be happy to share in our channels as well. So it's just basically to celebrate the one year anniversary of the launch of Genial Accord and to have a kind of a, to check basically how beautiful your work has been during this year and how happy our customers are with it. 
I remember the Essentia Universal Week. It was a lot of fun. So uh, when will it start in October? So it starts on the 25th. So meanwhile, you guys have time to prepare your cases and just yeah, share everything on the 25th. You can tag GC, you can tag us and uh, use a, just the tag of, as I mentioned, so just whatever you prefer. But we want to see those cases. And on Facebook, we just tag you, Eata. You can tag me, you can tag GC, whichever is easiest for you. We are at GC Europe or at me, Eata Lauka GC. Or you can just use the hashtag and then we can all find you through the hashtag, which we will be following closely. Okay, guys. Thanks for the talk. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank you very much. Us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Okay, bye. Thank you. <laughs> bye. bye.